Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. We have been studying the Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin. Very powerful book. I have enjoyed it so much. I'll have to go back and reread it at a later date because you know how it is. When you read something, you go back and you always glean something more. So let's open up. It's the authority of the believer, and that's God's heart, heart for you. He wants us to operate in the authority that he, Jesus Christ has given unto us. So our introduction is the value of our authority Rest on the power that is behind that authority. God himself is the power behind our authority. The devil and his forces are obliged to recognize our authority. The believer who thoroughly understands that the power of God is backing him can exercise his authority and face the enemy fiercely. So Luke ten nineteen is our scripture. It says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The believer must continually be arrayed with spiritual armor. The Christian who puts on the armor and engages in spiritual warfare is marked. By spiritual warfare, it means simply doing the works of Jesus. And taking our authority over the devil as we go about our daily lives. This does not mean going against the devil head to head in your own strength. All right, Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil will do everything in his power from keeping you in the knowledge that you have authority over him. He will come against you on every subject, every circumstance in your life to prevent you from operating in the authority of God. But once you have come to the knowledge of this authority, the devil will try to steal it. And how does he try to steal it? He'll come against you with your mind, your thoughts. And come against you with your emotions. So there will be tests. And sometimes people fail these tests. How many have been there? Many, many times I have been there. And all of a sudden I'm just wallowing in self-pity and frustration and anger and doubt and confusion. And I think, how did I get here? And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will reveal to me, you didn't stay strong in faith. You start looking all around you and allowing the enemy to bring doubt and confusion. But many times, the Christians will raise their hand and say, this won't work for me. I can't operate in the authority of God. But you know what? When we do that, we're just saying that our Jesus is not enough. That what he did for us is not enough. Because he said, all authority and power on heaven and earth, I give unto you. 
and he sent his Holy Spirit in down, and so we accept the Holy Spirit, and we operate just walk just like Jesus did. Remember, we talked about everything Jesus did as a flesh and bone man. We can do, and it was more. Remember, last week we talked about we need to go further than the cross religion. Thank goodness for my salvation. But Jesus also rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead and sat down at the right hand of the Father, guess what? That's where I'm sitting. That's where you're sitting. So we have all authority over Satan. We are the body. And it says that Satan is under the feet of Jesus. Who's the body? We are. So who's Satan under the feet of? You and me. So when he comes against you this week, you stomp on his ugly, sniveling head and just tell him to get out of your life, get out of your children's life, get out of your house, and you have all authority to do that. If we successfully resist Satan's attacks in one area, he will come against you in another. You may as well get ready for the attacks because they're going to happen. And I got to thinking about this last night. Whenever we go through those attacks, what does it do to us? It builds the character of Jesus Christ. And pretty soon we realize when those attacks come that it's easier to walk through them. Because we each time, we just go a little bit higher in Christ. So, yes, he does, Connie. If we don't take our position of authority in Christ in heavenly places, who we are, then not only we will suffer, but our families, our friends, and those we come in contact with. Because sometimes when we, if we're the head of the household and the Christian authority, and we're not operating in that Christian authority, devil just comes in and starts hitting our loved ones all around us. And we can take authority and say, not today, Satan. You're not going to turn my child away from God. And we can start proclaiming. All right, let's keep going. Uh, The devil realizes that he cannot hold a believer in bondage who knows his authority in Jesus Christ. Such a believer is aware that they are seated with Christ in heavenly places and that the devil is defeated. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. This is your sheet that I gave you. And I wrote this out in a personal format. I heard a preacher one time, I was listening to a sermon on YouTube, and he said, we don't have to put on the spiritual armor every day. I thought, what? We need that spiritual armor. Because what does the Bible say? The devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, if he's coming at me to devour me, I need that warrior armor on in order to fight him. So I encourage you. I've been trying to pray this every morning. So let's, let's read this. Be strong in the Lord. And again, it's going to be in the New King James Version up here. But yours is in personal format. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that I put on the whole armor of God that I may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For I do not wrestle against flesh and blood 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, I take up the whole armor of God that I may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, I stand. I stand, therefore, having girded my waist with the belt of truth. I put on the breastplate of righteousness, and I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, I take the shield of faith, with which I will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And I put on the helmet of salvation, and pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And I guarantee you, when you pray that every day, all of a sudden, the, the warrior mentality will get in you. And you, when that enemy comes against you, you will automatically pull that sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, and you'll be ready to stand against the enemy and take your authority. Uh, I read two different books about the armor of God. One of them was Bob Yandian's, and the other one was Kenneth Hagin's in the, in the book. So I put them sort of together, and we'll go over those. So the different parts of the armor symbol, symbolizes spiritual truths that belong to the believer. When Paul was writing the, the uh, information about the armor, he was in a Roman jail cell. And when he looked out, he looked upon two soldiers that were guarding them, and he saw their apparel, their armor. And as he was looking at that, don't you just love that Holy Spirit that spoke to him is the very same Holy Spirit that speaks to us. So as he was looking at those two soldiers, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, look at them, see their armor, see their sword, see their breastplate, see their shield. I've given you the same, same thing. So this is what Paul writes. That's why he wrote Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, where it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. The word stand means to oppose or resist. So the devil is coming at you. James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So the girdle of truth represents a clear understanding of God's word. Just like a soldier's belt, it holds the rest of the armor in place. But what is the very first thing it says there? Submit to God. That is what we need to do in order to resist the devil. When we stay submitted to God, the Holy Spirit through us, then when we go against the devil, he has no option but to flee. All right, second one, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is a twofold meeting. First, Jesus is our righteousness. And what does righteousness mean? We all should know this from our discipleship classes in here. Right standing. Right standing. So the breastplate of righteousness, we are covering our chest. 
the inner man where the Spirit of Christ dwells. Second, we are standing in, in righteousness, our right standing. Our conscience is always aware that Christ is within us. And we walk in obedience to the Word of God. The next one it says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And this is another reference to walking. It means to go and do something. Go and do something. How many times are we just willing, we want more to just stay in our own little comfortable zone where we don't have to get out of our comfortable atmosphere because when we go to do something, that's going to cause something in me to change and I'm going to be challenged beyond my comfort zone. So when we, it says go, it says shod your feet, it means go and do something. So we are called to tie up our shoes and go and spread the gospel. Matthew 28, 18 through 19 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So who is to go? Us. Yeah, us. So he's telling you to lace up your shoes and you go do something. Have you done something this week for Christ? I know all of you have. I know all of you have. All right, the next one says, Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield was a door-shaped shield that the Roman soldier carried, and it was large enough about his height. And whenever the fiery darts, what back then I studied this and said that they, the enemy would catapult fireballs at them. So they used these shields. They would stand behind them and crouch down to protect themselves. So the shield of faith we use to stand against the enemy. Faith is produced in our inner man, and it's big enough to cover our entire body. So the fiery darts that the enemy catapults towards us, all the things that he tries to do to us, just as the shield protected that Roman soldier to deflect the fireballs of his enemy, when we stand behind that supernatural faith of God, Everything the enemy throws at us, God will protect us by faith. And faith is not, remember we said faith is not an emotion. We can't stand on our emotions and, and trust by faith. Because the enemy's going to do everything he can to attack us. So when our circumstances look around us like we're failing, we cannot stand there and cower. Oh, I'm going to, get, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. My child's going to get sick. My child's going to stay in sickness. We cannot do that. We have to stand behind that faith and say, God, your word says that you will cover me, that you will take care of my child. The word says that you are always with me. You go before me. You're behind me, Lord, and you surround me. And, Lord, I'm not looking around me at what's going on. You've got me, Lord. We cannot look around. We have to look up and draw our faith from God. All right, so Satan will throw the largest weapons against us that he can. But by faith, the shield of faith, we can overcome. Helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. 
all right, the, the helmet covers the head. The breastplate covers the chest area. Faith is the breastplate. But hope is the helmet. And I have never heard it spoken like this. Faith is of your spirit. Faith is of the spirit of God within me. Hope is of my mind. You hope for something in your mind, but when you will couple that with faith and your spirit of God goes forth and brings, gives, it, gives hope substance. So faith from your spirit will take what is in your mind and give it substance and it will bring it to pass. And he talked about, first of all, when we got saved, he gave that as an example. So when we got saved, faith came by hearing the word of God. And then it was combined with hope. Oh, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And then that, that thought, I need Jesus, is coupled by faith. And then what did Jesus, what happened? We accepted Jesus as our Savior. So no matter what you're going to, the reality takes place uh, whenever you start hoping for something, but then you couple it with faith. When sickness comes, I hope they get well. But Lord, I know they're going to get well because your word promised me. I'll give an example. And I last, I think it was back in June of last year, I was working out in my yard. And I was trying to dig up these brick pavers. And, and I, every time I dug one up, there was three layers of brick pavers. So I stomped down the shovel and I tried to lift up, and I hit a big tree root that I did not know was there. And when I did, something popped in this hip, and I was in pain. So all during that day, I thought, I'm going to have to go to the doctor tomorrow. I'm going to have to go to the doctor. Well, I got on my knees. The Lord told me to start praying. When I got on my knees, the Lord said, I'm going to heal you. Hold on by faith. All right. So what did I do? Lord, I hope you heal me. But then when he said, hold on by faith, every day I got up, I was still hurting. But I said, God, you promised you would heal me. You promised you would heal me. Did I waver? Yes. I had many. I, it took six months for me to be healed of that. But one Tuesday, I was in here with Sherry Covey praying and I sat down over here, and I could hardly get up. I had to pull up against that brick wall right there to get up. And I said, Lord, you've got to do something. Something is not right here in my hip, and I hurt. And when I said that, I came over here. I prayer walked these, these chairs. And I, start, I was right about where Connie was. And I said, God, you've got to do something. Something popped in my hip. And the pain of the pop was gone. I still had like nerve damage. And I kept on proclaiming, God, I'm not going to go by what I feel. Because you promised. And it was hard. And I had never walked in that deep faith before. But he was showing me how to trust him. And so right after Christmas, I woke up one day and it was going through my house. And I realized I was no longer hurting. Was it easy? No, it was so hard. There were many days that I almost gave in and went to the doctor, but I kept on trusting, and I kept on reminding him what he told me. You promised you would heal me. So that's what it means to take that hope and couple it with faith. 
All right, let's keep on going. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The Roman soldier back then carried a little, let's see, it said it was 18 inches long, a knife. It was sharp on one edge and on the other. So it was all the way around. So what this Roman soldier did, he would go up to his enemy and thrust that knife in, pull it out, and then be ready to take on the next victim. So whenever, why it's compared to this Roman soldier's sword is the uh, Satan will come against us just like the enemy of the Roman soldier. He will try one tactic and we can defeat him. And then all of a sudden he's over here with something else. And we can pull out that sword and we can say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, you will not attack me in this area. And we're ready to fight. No matter which way he turns, we're ready to attack and that's why the Holy Spirit showed Paul that little knife, even though it was small, it was the exact instrument that Roman soldier need to defeat his enemy. So the sword is used as an active weapon to destroy the works of Satan. All right, so the sword is the weapon, whereas all the other parts of the armor are defensive. They're used to protect us. So when we put on that armor every day and we take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, this is our sword of the Spirit. And we can say, in Jesus' name, and quote that word and thrust it into Satan. Pull it out when he comes against us again. We can take that word and we can say, in Jesus' name, this is what the word says. We could pull it out when he attacks us from behind. We can turn around and thrust it. Y'all get the picture. But isn't that beautiful? No matter which way Satan comes against us, the sword of the Spirit is our weapon against him. All right, keep on going. I always run out of time. All right, authority over demon spirits and not human wills. I'm going to read a story that he had in the book. He said that although we have authority over demon spirits. The human also has their will. So he said, we have authority over demons and we can control them as far as our lives, our family's lives are concerned. But we can't always control them if the person is not willing. So let me read this story. He said, many years ago, I was holding a meeting in Oklahoma, and as I was praying over the sick, I had an inward witness in my spirit that somebody in the line had a demon in him. This does not mean that the man was demon-possessed, but he was oppressed. I kept looking around when a certain man stood within four persons in me. I knew the demon was in him. I never said anything out loud. Before the man stepped in front of me, I thought to myself, I'm going to cast that thing out of him tonight. I didn't say anything out loud. I just thought it. When the man stepped in front of me, before I could say anything, the demon spoke up within him and said, You can't cast me out. You can't cast me out. You can't cast me out. Kenneth Hagin said, yes, I can in the name of Jesus. The demon said, no, you can't. 
this man wants me to stay. And if he wants me to stay, I can. Kenneth Hagin said, you're right. And he passed the man by. He said later on during the week, he saw that same man on the street. And he stopped him and he began talking to him. He said, this man wasn't crazy. He had all of his mental faculties. He said, as I talked to him, he realized the man not only believed in the Bible, but he also believed in New Age religion. Kenneth Hagin explained to him that New Age religion was of the devil. The man told Kenneth Hagin, Bible or no Bible, I like what I'm believing, and I'm going to keep it this way. Kenneth Hagin said, enjoy your day. If you want to ever get rid of those demons, come and see me. And he let that man go on with his life. And there are many people that we will come across that do not want to be delivered because they enjoy what the enemy is, is telling them, what the enemy is equipping them. But we have authority over the devil. If they want to be free, we can cast that out. All right, let's keep on going. It says, um, when you encounter people that do not want to receive deliverance from the demonic forces in their life, and they want to live bound, you have to let them go. Pray for them that they will turn to their senses and desire to be free from the attack of enemy. And also, he went in the book, remember the story of Paul and Silas and the, the girl that had the spirit of divination and they, she kept on following them and saying, this, these men are the servants of the Most High God. They didn't, she didn't get delivered the first day. They had to wait until the right time God appointed them. So it was the right time, the right place, and they were divinely appoint, appointed, and they cast that thing out of her. So you can, you can run the devil away from your house any time. If a person is on your premise, you have authority over them. But when you get away from your domain, the evil spirits have a right to be there. The Bible says that Jesus cast spirits out with the word. It also says he cast them out by the spirit of God. We know from the word that we have spiritual authority. We must depend upon the Holy Spirit to help us in ministering our authority. We can't do it by ourselves. When people are in a place where, um, this was titled, Why People Lose Their Healing. And how many of you ever questioned this? I've wondered. I've seen people receive their healing, and then they go home, and, and all of a sudden, everything that happened before they were healed comes back on them. So this is an article he wrote in there. He said, when people are in a place where faith is high, and where there is a mass faith and there are gifts of the Spirit in operation, it's easy to receive healing. However, when these people get back on their own, the devil comes in with lying symptoms and lying words saying, you never got healed in the first place. He said that this had happened to him many, many times. He said, but how could a crippled man who got up and walked, or a deaf man here. Then they get home, and all of a sudden they're crippled again after a few weeks, or they can't hear after a few weeks. 
There's no way that crippled man could have got up and walked. There's no way that deaf men could have heard unless the Spirit of God healed them. But the enemy came in and started placing lies and deception in their life. And all of a sudden, they're right back where they were. He even told the story in here of a woman they carried in on a stretcher. She had such bad arthritis that she was stiff as a board. She got up and ran through that service. He said eight weeks later, they called him, and she was right back where she was. And he tried to explain to them what happened. Why did she lose her faith? And he realized that everybody started speaking doubt around her. Maybe he hypnotized you. Maybe it wasn't really God. But my God healed that woman. God can touch every circumstance in our life, but we have to stand upon the word and remind Satan what we had just received from God and say, I don't care what these circumstances are. I don't care how I'm feeling. I am healed in Jesus' name. And I, I asked God, and I have been studying this, and I asked God, Lord, sometimes it just seems like things don't go the way we think they should. And God told me, am I not still God? Linda, don't question me. Walk by faith. Don't question. Don't question your healing. Don't question the healing of others. I am still God. There's, and remember last week, we, it's, he told Kenneth Hagin, there's a lot in the word you don't understand. There's a lot in the word that we don't understand. And that's why I'm looking forward to getting to heaven. Because there's, I know that in heaven, there's so much stuff that's going to be revealed to us that we did not understand here. But you know what? When I get there, I don't think I'll care. <laughs> I'll just be glorifying God and praising the Lord in heaven. All right. Um, let me casting out devils. The Bible differentiates between casting out devils and healing the sick. Often people's physical conditions don't respond to prayer and the laying on of hands because there is an evil spirit involved. And I looked this up and got two scripture references. Uh, Matthew 9, 32 through 33. This is the one. It says, And they went out and behold, they brought him a man, mute and demon-possessed. So the man was mute, but he was also demon-possessed. So Jesus, when they cast the demon out, he spoke. So this sickness was because the spirit within him of, the, of a demon. All right, Mark 9, 20 through 29. They brought to him, and when he saw him, oh, let me paraphrase this. They'll put it up on the screen. But this is the story of the man who had the son who had seizures that would constantly causing to um, fall into a fire or fall into water. And Jesus' disciples uh, prayed over him, but nothing happened. They couldn't heal him. So the man went to Jesus, and Jesus, he said, If you only believe, all things are possible. And the man said, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. So Jesus healed the man by rebuke the little boy by rebuking the spirit from me. He said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. The spirit came out, the little boy convulsed, and he was healed. 
So later on, his disciples said, Lord, why couldn't we heal him? And this is where an area the church fails so much. We are not fasting and praying. And that's what Jesus told his disciples. They said, Lord, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, this kind can come out but by nothing but prayer and fasting. We can pray all we want for a circumstance. But until we combine that with fasting and we give up of something of ourselves and stand on faith and believe, God can work. But sometimes it takes that extra fasting in order for God to, to heal. I'm going to have to keep on sort of crunching past a lot of this. I hope you guys have enjoyed this lesson. I told Apostle Hall this morning, it's changed the way I'm praying. And I, I'm praying, Lord, let me hold on to this. I don't want to forget it. Because now when something happens, and I used to say, Jesus, help the situation. And I would tell him, Lord, move in the situation. But now I am able to say, Satan, you get out of here. This is not of God. You have no authority in my house, no authority in my life, no authority over my children. And it's changed the way I'm praying for my grandchildren. All right. Let, um, I'm going to have to skip past a bunch of <laughs> this. He talked about in the book oppression versus possession. Oppression. Let's see if I can. I can let me give you an example. He said, if you have a hundred-year-old house, and they come to you and say that your house has termites, he said, that doesn't mean you have termites. Your house has termites. So the termites are not possessing you. They're possessing the house. So he, a possession is when you give yourself 100% to the devil. And, you, and the devil operates through you. And I know we have all seen stuff like this on TV or in, in life. But Jesus can still heal them. Remember we said that God sometimes divinely appoints a situation for us to walk in in order for that person to be healed. This is my conclusion, and, and this is not in the book. After all this study, I prayed and asked the Lord to show me. Do I believe in the authority of the believer? I asked myself this. Yes, I do. Do I operate in it 100%? No, but I want to. And the biggest thing that in order for me to operate in it is to have faith. And last night when I was praying, I said, Lord, how can I develop that faith where I operate in that authority? Like your disciples did, like Jesus did. He told me faith is like a muscle. We have to exercise it and develop it.
And the more we use faith, the stronger it'll become in our lives. He said, you cannot do it by your emotions. You cannot do it by watching for manifestations in someone's life. You have to do it by faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay, Lord, I'm hoping for healing. And by faith, I believe you have healed. And that's what we stand on. We have to stand on that faith. So Satan will come against us with every attack that he can to stop us from operating in our authority. We will walk through difficult times, but we need to rejoice in the knowledge that God is still God. He's the God of the valley. He's the God of the mountaintop. He's the God when we are falling down to the deepest, darkest pit that we can even imagine. He's still God. By faith, through the power of the Holy Spirit within us, we take authority over our emotions, over our doubt, our confusion, our bitterness, our questions, our frustration, over sickness, over pain, over hardship, over trials. And when they come, by faith, we stand strong. And we pray and we get a, get a scripture to stand upon. And you quote that scripture and when Satan comes against you you say Satan my God says and you start quoting that scripture and you take authority over your issues and over your circumstances and I promise you God will be with you we're going to have to stop (laughs) I just pray that God will help this church to rise up and take that a position of authority He's calling us to because there's a world dying and going to hell out there that are waiting for us to stand up and go. So let's close in prayer. Father, I just thank you for this word, Lord. I thank you for these people, Father, that you love so much. They are such precious people that love you, Lord. And they have faced many trials and many circumstances. But, Lord, they have also been on the mountaintop, Lord, in your glory. So, Father, I'm asking you to equip us and prepare us. Lord, prepare our minds and our hearts to walk in your authority. Because, Father, you're needing soldiers to go out your body to win this lost world for you. And we cannot do it in our own strength, Father. But through your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit within us, we can go, Lord, and conquer this nation for you. So, Father, I pray that you will go with them this week. Remind them of your authority, Lord, and give them the boldness to step out. Be with us in this service that is coming, Lord. May your glory and your fire of your Holy Spirit fall, Lord. And we love you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening today to The Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.